What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick. want to let you know that today's special episode will be recorded from the Seltzer Mayberg Studios, also known as our offices, and our partners in the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can find the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com or call 1-855-5000-LAW. That's 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including, but not limited to, car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets, just took care of mine actually, with a new 15,000 square foot office where you can find us as well on I-95 in North Miami and they will handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. Great people went to the Marlins game with them on Sunday. Big Miami sports fans for better or worse. OneCallLegal.com. That's 1-855-5000-LAW. And now, and now, Chris Bosch. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick. I'm not here with Chris Winningham today, but I have found another Chris to talk to. Make sure you check out the other podcasts in our network, all 14 of them, and also check out our new website, fivereasonsports.com. All right, as I mentioned, I'm here with another Chris today, and I'm really honored for the opportunity to speak to Chris Bosch. And I want to start here with you, Chris. Um, I've only got a couple questions for you. Basically, I crowdsourced this um, because people were so excited that you were coming on with us and kind of went through and, and got the best questions from other people. Because I've asked you enough questions over the years, so I figured yeah. I, would, I would go to the people who love you so much. But I've got two questions, one not so serious and one a little bit more serious. You were one of the most successful people that I've ever covered doing this here the past, last 20 years. And I always tell people that you would sit in front of your locker and sort of take questions from everybody who came there. But I always knew when it was time to go. And when it was time to go was when you, when, when you would spray your cologne out in front of you and sort of waft under the cologne. And I always used to leave the locker room smelling like Chris Bosch. So what does Chris That's Bosch funny. smell like? What, what was the cologne of choice? Uh, Tom Ford. Okay. You know, they have uh, usually, I mean, it's so many, it's so many different ones, but that's what I liked about it. So, I mean, I have a lot, I, I just like to smell good, man. My, my wife is, you know, she's always buying me things and I, I just like that. She got me deeper into it um, once we got married. So usually that was like my preference. One of them, um, I think it's, uh, uh, oh, damn, what was that thing called? It was called uh, uh, Portofino, Porto Cervo, something like that. It's in a, uh, like a teal bottle. I think I remember the teal bottle. So was that intentional, though? Was that like, okay, it's enough. You've asked me 12 times about defending the pick and roll. 
it's time to leave the locker room. Praise the cologne on everybody. All right, all right, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> no, I, um, that's funny you say that, man. I mean, to me, in my mind, I, you know, I'm glad that you, you know you felt that I, I took questions to everyone because I did try to defer, you know, um, whenever I got you know uncomfortable or ready to focus or stuff like that. One of the cool things about it was just uh, being able to have that respect and have that mutual respect because, you know, I know reporters just want to do their job and, you know, that's a part of the gig and everything. And I enjoyed that process. But, yeah, I, that was that was definitely not uh, intentional. That's funny you say that because uh, I, I didn't even notice at all. <laughs> um, maybe we just all smell bad. That could be the other thing. Um, <laughs> it's possible with some of us. Uh, let me get to the second one here. And this one kind of fascinates me. Because covering your career here, particularly sort of the big three days, you would come under criticism for various things. And I, I used to deal with a lot of it on Twitter. You know, If you had three rebounds, we would hear about it. If you didn't score yeah. what you were supposed to score, we would hear about it. If you struggled against someone, whether it was a Garnett or a Hibbert or somebody else, we would hear about it. And a lot of us in the media would be defending you. And what fascinates me now is that we've gone from that to you being arguably like the second most beloved figure in Miami Heat history behind your buddy, the one last dance guy. And I'm just curious if, yeah. you, if you've kind of noticed that change and why you think that has happened. Because like when I put it out that you're going to do a podcast with us, everybody's posting the memes and the, the video bombs and everything <laughs> else and the Bashi Bear nicknames and, and all that stuff. Have you noticed that change and why do you think that changed? I don't think it's changed around Miami. Miami was always great to me. The city always embraced me and my family. The fans were always phenomenal. You know, the run was fantastic. Um, that was always great, having that refuge back at home. That always gave me comfort, even amongst all the criticisms and, and things, which is a part of the game, which I, you know, never, ever, never, ever complained about. Or it was tough, but, you know, you have to weather the storm and do what you have to do. Now, you know, I think I think it's just one of those things. Once everything is over, everybody can kind of just, you know, put their put their, you know, arms away and 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 just kind of reflect on what happened because you know you don't miss it until it's gone, right? So mm -hmm. maybe now, um, you know, certain people can appreciate the the struggles and then the successes that we all had, or just appreciate the story. You know, I always try to put full effort into everything I did, especially in the league, because. It was a dream to play, to be an NBA basketball player. That's all I ever wanted to do. So I always took it with pride. I wore that as a badge of honor every time that I spoke, every time that I played, every time that I represented my family. So I kept those things in mind. And, and I think, you know, people miss that, I think, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I just I, I tried to bring joy and, and good times to the league anytime that I tried to, to do well, anytime that I played or represented it because it was that important to me. So maybe people feel that and, and um, I hope they do. Is there one memory from the Jersey retirement ceremony that keeps flashing through your head? You know what, man? A lot of people ask me that. To be honest with you, it really doesn't flash um, through my head that much because there's so much other work to do. That's how I looked at it. And we worked so hard. Um, you know, first, I have to give credit to my wife uh, because she pretty much planned the whole thing. We made a whole big, uh, I would say weekend, but it was during the weekday. I mean, it was a weekend plus um, halfway into the week, and, and I had a bunch of people in town. I had about 40, 50 people in town. Um, we had a dinner. Um, you know, we were able to do everything the right way and just have fun and, and, and relax with friends and family. But it was a lot of work at the time entertaining everybody. So she did a tremendous job. 
doing that um, with her team. And because of all that, you know, with the speech and, and me focusing on everything and entertaining everybody, I was all over the place. It was kind of like a blur. I really don't think about it too much because I was so focused on, you know, delivering um, something that the fans would really, really enjoy. And, and uh, you know, I, I keep these things in mind when, you know, I'm doing these things because I'm doing things that my heroes did, you know, mm -hmm. so I keep that in mind. I want people to feel that. So I, I'm never a person to really look back on those things. I'm still going back. You know, I think I'm, I'm at 2000. I think I'm right now, I'm like at 2004 right now, <laughs> just <laughs> reflecting back on everything. So I'm eventually going to catch up. Man. All right, I'm going to help you catch up here a little bit. So I took some questions from Twitter. We got a ton. I got more than 60 questions. We're not going to ask you all of them, but I went through some of them. I'm going to try to move through them rapid fire if I can to get to as much as we can before we, you got to go. So I want to start here with sort of the arrival in Miami. We don't have to cover the Toronto years. We're going to go straight to the arrival in Miami. And I just want to get, because the presser at the University of Miami, at the Heck Center, has always stuck out to me, Chris, because I remember the three of you sitting up there, and I remember LeBron the whole time tapping his fingers, tapping his fingers, tapping his fingers, and I was kind of wondering what he was thinking. And then you had Dwayne, who would take the mic from time to time. What were you thinking, just at that moment, as you've got this gym that is full of reporters you've never seen before. It's total overflow, and it's the biggest story in sports. Well, first of all, I was like, damn, me and Brian wore the same like, color suit jacket. I'm glad we're not sitting next to each other. I guess it gave us some balance. Um, <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed. Because, um, <laughs> you know, I'm picking out my outfit, you know, working on my styles. I'm like, okay, yeah, what am I going to, you know, this the world's watching. What am I going to wear? And, you know, I guess we had the same exact thought. Um, but, uh, you know what? I was just kind of taking everything in. That's why I was so calm because I was just, you know, just recording everything. I'm a historian of the game. I'm a fan of the game. I remember when Shaq came to Miami. I remember when, um, you know, big-time free agents um, signed to, to other places like Shaq and, 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 and um, you know, big-time trades happening like, you know, uh, Ray Allen from Milwaukee to, uh, to Seattle. I remember those things, and you just remember as a child and as a young adult growing up, really the catalog of those moments, right? And you want to be a part of those moments. So for me, I was more so just thinking like, man, finally, I'm, I'm here. I'm getting introduced to this whole big thing. I don't know what it is, but I'm in the in Well, not that I'm in, not in the NBA now. It's just changed. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm on the same course as or have a chance to be on the same course as the Grace. Mm -hmm. And th this is a part of it. So I was just kind of really just capturing everything and recording everything. And to be honest with you, I was still a little naive at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I was still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and, and just excited to, to, to get the process started, to be honest. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Podcast and the Five Reasons Sports Network. You'll be hearing them throughout the network. You are probably familiar with Magic City Casino in Miami, but you probably don't know about the high, and that's not spelled H-I-J-E. That's J-A-I, the high, where you're going to find unbeatable drink specials, local vendors, interactive games, a live DJ and us taping some podcasts on occasion, and so much more. The High is going to be Miami's newest hotspot. That's on Friday and Saturday nights. So mark your calendar for Magic City Casino's grand opening of The High. That's on July 12th. So right after the Miami Heat sign a big free agent, you can go hang out at The High. So join us there 
Five Reasons Sports Network, and Magic City Casino. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Sushimaki, who we all know and love. Founded in 2000, Sushimaki is South Florida's award-winning leader in Japanese cuisine. They're passionate about providing the freshest, most delicious and finest quality sushi and seriously care about the environment and sustainability. In fact, Sushimaki was the first multi-unit sushi restaurant in the U.S. to earn marine stewardship certification, which tells you their sustainability is the real deal. Find them all around Miami, South Miami, Coral Gables, Coconut Grove, Palmetto Bay, Kendall and Miami International Airport, and they're also in Whole Foods Markets, UM, and FIU. Check out their Poke Bowls and the new Kenko Collection, which are vegan and gluten-free rolls. Sushimaki, spreading goodness, that's how we roll. All right, so let's move to the next one. The process starts, and it doesn't start quite the way that it was supposed to start. So I've been, right. I've been, never does. I never does. And you guys are nine and eight, and you're in Dallas, and <laughs> I was sitting courtside, and it was a mess. And then yeah. there, there was all kinds of stuff there, and LeBron bumps Spo, and what happened there, and then you guys have this meeting afterwards. What the hell yeah. happened in that meeting, Chris? Because something happened in that nothing meeting. Nothing really crazy. Nothing? Yeah, no, no, actually nothing. Yeah, nothing really happened that was crazy. It was just, it had gotten to the point where, you know, we're going through all of these things, right? We're, 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 trying, to, we're trying to do this. Now, mind you, Dwayne was hurt in the preseason. Mm-hmm. He pulled his hamstring. So we didn't get that those extra reps as a team. And then for whatever reason, you know, people expect you to be successful right away. I mean, in the first three games, you know. And we're still getting used to the continuity, the plays. Oh, we're still getting used to us and the plays. I think he knows he could have handled some situations better. But one of the things that was going on was there was no communication. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that was the biggest, biggest deal. And that's what the conversation um, after the game was about. And Dwayne initiated it now. It didn't. It, it didn't come out, you know, like, "Hey, guys, my name is Dwayne." He, we were mad. We're pissed, you know. <laughs> we keep losing. We're not supposed to. We were at least, you know, supposed to be like ten and six, or you know, eleven and five, or something like that. No, because, Chris, you weren't you know, supposed to be every- eleven and five. You were supposed to be seventeen and zero. Remember, I, I mean, I remember Jeff Van well, Gundy before course. the season said you were going to win seventy-two, right? And it was going to be easy. So I, I don't yeah, know. But, you know. And, and, yeah, of course. And like, that, that was the thing, right? It's like, all right, we, you know. We didn't say we was going to win 80 games. Everybody else is, you know, they're putting their preconceived notions on there. Now, you know, yeah, we did say, oh, yeah, not one, not two, which was more of a phrase, which is is an ambition. Mm -hmm. Did it happen? No. But, you know, one of the things that I found fascinating was just how everything got blown up. That conversation was just about communication, man. Mm -hmm. He said, hey, man, we need to start talking to each other, Mm -hmm. and we need to start doing this, and we need to start doing all these things to make us successful, man, because this isn't it. You know, I think everybody felt that. We were all frustrated, and then in that frustration, Frustration. If you don't calm down and, and and handle things, you know they can be blown out of proportion in the media, and that's when I think you saw with the with the bumping with Spo, and you know just just you know the rumblings of the things happening. It was all it was a great meeting. It was no fights or anything like that. It was just Dwayne saying, "Yo, we need to talk to each other," and then that started the conversation. All right. Now you mentioned uh, all of the controversies, so I'm going to give you a few, and you tell me which was the most ridiculous. Bumpgate. That was LeBron. There was Cablegate. Do you remember when you uh, decided to mention, and you're right about this, by the way, because I've spent some time in Toronto, that the cable is not good in Toronto. You can't get Game of Thrones in, in hotels in Toronto. I remember you mentioning that yeah. at a, after a shoot-around, and all of a sudden you, you were like national enemy number one uh, in Canada because you said the cable wasn't good. Uh, ch- Chillgate, the Chillgate, that was when you just said, we just want to chill, remember, after a game. So that was, that was you. Yeah. 
Crygate. Yeah. After the Chicago game at home during the five-game losing streak. Contraction gate. I think that's when LeBron mentioned that uh, certain <laughs> certain teams. He was in Phoenix and mentioned that certain teams should be contracted, and Kevin Love should be able to get off of Minnesota, which actually ended up happening. Which was the most yeah. ridiculous uh, of all of these things that happened during that year? What was the thing you were like? <laughs> oh my God, they're making an issue of this. Uh, you know, I think it was everything, man. Because I forgot about the cable thing. I forgot about the chill thing. Because I remember, you know, it being like a topic on sports radio and sports TV the next day. And I said, man, what? You know, it's like, I can't, you know, you feel like you can't even really talk. And that makes you want to even be more reclusive um, when people ask you questions, because, you know, it's like, all right, we're talking about the dynamics between players and coaches, you know, and this is a well-known fact that players don't want to do as much as coaches want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're going to work hard. We're going to come in, but it was just, you know, me kind of saying, ah, you know, Hey, it was just a matter-of-factly statement. Then um, with the cable thing, I mean, it's true. It is true. You know, and it's another country. You know, I'm an American living in another country. So if I say, hey, I don't like the cable, then I'm probably telling the truth. You know, it's not. I don't have anything to gain out of it. It's not like I had a cable company that was ready to, you know, corner the market or something like that. Um, the, the the whole thing um, um, with the with the losing streak in, in, in that year, yeah, it was tough, man. And, and like people people don't understand, like you know, they want people want you to care about the game, mm -hmm. and when you care about it, it's like, hey, wait a minute, that's too much. You know what I mean? It's like it was like a double standard and a and a and 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 you know, just a catch twenty two every time. You know, no matter what you do, you're you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And um, you know, we were already struggling bad enough and you know we just kept we were losing games that were easily winnable mm -hmm. and um we just didn't finish out and that's a part of the process but i think everything kind of kind of like and then you you know we got to the point where you built up resiliency to just you know if some stories out it's like all right whatever oh well, they don't like you about this whatever <laughs> well connect canada you know is mad at you because you know of the cable well, they should get, you know, they, you know, they, they didn't ask my opinion for, you know, they didn't ask Americans opinion and, you know, constructing cable programs. So why would people get mad? You know, um, it was just kind of, it was trying to just figure out like, all right, well, you know, what the hell is going on? I don't know anything, you know, to do anymore because, you know, it's confusing. All right. So let's take you back. You go back to Toronto. And everybody talks about LeBron going back on December 2nd, 2010, and the batteries being thrown and all that stuff. But you had your own situation. You had to go back to yeah. Toronto. And I just loved the way you handled that, like the egging on the crowd at the end. Uh, <laughs> did, did, that just, did that just come to you in the moment? Because I remember the press conference after where the three of you were together and you guys were mad at Dwayne because everybody loved Dwayne everywhere, and everywhere that you and LeBron went, there were there was trouble. But uh, was that just spur of the moment? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was spur of the moment, man. I um, I wanted to show that it didn't affect me, you know, and it did not take away the good times. And that's all I ever said, you know. Hey, I hope everybody remembers the good times, you know, because. I was placed in a situation. I was a little naive to think that everyone would understand. You know, um, I don't. I don't expect everyone to understand my pursuit of my goals. And maybe everyone there did not know that, or they just wanted to show up and boo. I don't know. But I knew it was going to happen. Um, it just kind of is tough when it's you. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, it just seemed like nobody really paid attention unless it was a criticism or a reason to boo. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. how I was feeling at the time. And um, after the game, I mean, you know, we won the game. 
and it is what it is. But I said, man, I played here. You know, I gave my heart and soul here for seven years. And you know what? I want to show that, yo, this doesn't bother me. I'm still going to wave. And I know, and I wanted to egg him on a little bit too. I'm not going to lie, because I knew it was going to happen. <clears throat> but that's not going to deter me from acting like I've never been here. So, you know, I heard like some, probably like 15% cheers in there, but you know. We'll get back to our episode here in a second, but first I want to tell you about a longtime sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 
and that is Green Light Tech, T-E-K. You know, every athlete needs a team, same as in business. It's why more small to mid-sized businesses in South Florida are choosing Green Light Tech. It's a full-service concierge IT company that you can rely upon. Green Light Tech advises, monitors, supports, and keeps your important data backed up and secure. They will even manage your vendors for you. Got to call Greenlight Tech. It's 561-325-9997, 561-325-9997. Also, mention five reasons, and you'll get a free network assessment. You also probably have a conversation with Carmi, who is a big Miami sports fan, lives and dies with all the teams. Sign up. Your first month is free, F-R-E-E. Be unstoppable, Greenlight Tech. Today's episode also brought to you by Doral Toyota. We're excited to tell you about one of our great partners. That is Doral Toyota, where you can find all your favorite Toyota models. Whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle, Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In-house financing is available for credit-related issues. Also, if you mention five reasons when you call 305 680 1129 or come in the dealership you'll work with a dedicated manager not a salesman unlike other dealers Dural Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process that's Dural Toyota DuralToyota.com or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street vamos let's go Dural Toyota I remember the presser afterwards because, yeah, I mean, you both looked at Dwayne like, why do they love you everywhere? And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, right? <laughs> that's that's kind of the way it went. All right, I want to move to the title years here and, and kind of move through some of these. So just give me uh, sort of your quick answers on this stuff. You hit three shots that I think a lot of fans remember that were during the regular season where it was kind of on you. So tell me which was your favorite. The one in Atlanta, that was the triple overtime game, I believe. Terrell Harris had like yeah. 65 rebounds. Uh, the one in Port, the one in Portland where LeBron sort of jumped you yeah. afterwards, the one in San Antonio. Yeah, which do you choose? Um, Portland. The Portland game was so much fun. Um, I still remember that. You know, anytime LeBron or Dwayne was out, uh, it was just it was a lot of fun for me just to lay it all out there and just play basketball and be aggressive and not really worry. It was more of a chess match mm-hmm. when all three of us were on the court because it, it became it was you know more of an alchemy so to speak, um, trying to figure things out on the court. But when one was missing, it was really nothing else to talk about. It's like, all right, my productivity needs to go up, you know, and and that's really how it is. And um, always, anytime me and LaMarcus squared off, we've been playing each other since we were 16, uh, no, 14 and 16 years old, you know? So that was always just a great, great, you know, matchup because we've been going at it for so long and, and Portland's a great place to play. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful arena and they've got great fans and they're loud and they wanted to beat us that day. And we needed to win that game. You know, I remember it being a must win situation, but just kind of, you know, how you believe in yourself so much and, and you see, and you visualize, you're doing this work, all this work on visualization, seeing the ball going on and, and, and when you get those opportunities to control a game and take over a game and make spectacular plays, that's always that's always fun. I mean, I, I, that, that's the one that sticks out in my mind the most. All of them were fun, you know, but not only being able to do that, but, you know, to be able to hit big shots or make big plays um, in, in the absence of, uh, of, 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 of one of the big three, that was always the most fun for me. And, like, I, you know, even in Atlanta, I, I remember telling guys, like, hey, man, let's just go out there and play and let's do our job. And we're gonna if we do our job, we're gonna win the game. Everybody, 
doesn't really expect us. Everybody always wrote us off anytime, you know, those guys weren't playing. So we, we had something to prove and I hype up the bench guys and, you know, you don't get these opportunities much. So let's, let's relish the moment. And it ended up always being some classic games. Short answer here. If it if you had been the lead guy on a team for a long period of time, would you have won a title? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I um, The way the game is, um, I'm not Shaq. Uh, unless you're Shaq, and, and, you know, uh, maybe now uh, the big man has evolved. But back then, unless you're Shaq, you're not going to dominate enough to win an NBA title. You know, just interior-wise, you know, it kind of, it kind of, it changes a little bit. Now, if, if uh, my game was more like dirt, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, but that wasn't my game. I was more of a, a, a you know, I became a shooter uh, later in my career, so I was more of a paint guy. So, you know, guards they they have the opportunity to, you know, to deter double teams. That's why I was always so envious of guards because you can always just ISO mm-hmm. and um, keep the ball in certain situations, not to get doubled. My strength was the post and the mid-range area. And I hadn't discovered at the time that, you know, the elbows were more dangerous. You know, I was still on the block. And, and you know, I don't think I would be able to, you know, have enough to pull that off. That's that really, 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 really hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not only that, you see, you know, you got to have a Stephen Curry, a Kevin Durant, a LeBron, uh, uh, you know, a full team effort like the Spurs. Uh, Kobe, Shaq, George, Pippen. You know, you need these guys, these type of dudes um, to get you over the hump. And although I could be one of those guys, number one, I'm not. You know, I'm not even going to act like I am. Um, I don't think I ever was at that level. But that didn't take away anything from being a championship-level player. First thing that comes to mind, smartest guy on the team other than yourself during the Big Three era? Shane Battier. Okay. JJ's going to be pissed, but that's okay. All right. Funniest. That's okay. <laughs> JJ's going to be fine. <laughs> fun, fun, funny, funniest guy on the team other than yourself. Man, I go with Brian, man. He's hilarious. Th- that team made it fun to come to work every day, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, we had a lot, a lot of fun just sitting there sometimes. But I would definitely say Brian, yeah, he was, he, he was the funniest. He's pretty funny. The one time that you felt bad for Rio. I never felt bad for Mario. <laughs> he always deserved it. He, 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 I was like, I'm getting it. I'm getting it too, bro. <laughs> it's not that he didn't deserve it. It's not that he deserved it every time. It was just, you know, it was just like, that's Rio, man. He's going to, you know, he's a winner. He's going to challenge you. And it's like, ah, and he's just going to bring it out of you. And, and, and But you know what? Rio showed up every time. And if there was a spat or something like that, he was one of those guys where you could argue you the whole game and then after it'd be cool like all right come on let's go get something to eat that's how it was a real you know he was always like our little brother you know so it wasn't even whether he deserved it or not it was just a part of it you know and um that's just his personality that's our personalities but it, we always wanted to win you know and no i never felt bad for real because i always joke i say man you know if, if rio if you tell rio if you give rio any lineup and say, all right, who's taking the last shot with him in it? He's definitely going to make a case of why he should take the last shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that makes him, you know, dangerous because he's looking for those moments. And, and he was always really great with that. I mean, he had Mr. Clutch tatted on him, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> he knocked down big shots and he showed up in big games. All right. Give me one of these. Okay. You got a choice in terms of what was not maybe more significant in history, but you was the most difficult of the plays, the block of Danny green, the block of Tony Parker or the rebound uh, that led to the Ray Allen shot. Give me one. Oh, I would say Tony Parker's block, or the block on Tony Parker. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, I'm glad I didn't pull my ab. <laughs> That's right. And, and two, I, I remember the play being broke down. Um, and it was just one of those situations to where it's just really, really difficult, uh, you know, playing a great team and, and going, you know, battling uh, for everything. Um, and we were still, well, we were only up one point at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember it was the play broke down and we put Brian on him um, late game just to give him trouble. And so we worked out, we put Brian on him so that we could switch the one five pick and roll. And I think, yeah, it was a one five pick and roll. We switched it. Um, and, you know, just Tony Parker, I, I, I joke around with people, but it's serious, man. I, I, even after that series, I was having like waking up in the morning, like seeing Tony Parker attacking me off the screen roll. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> it was like weeks after the finals, I'm waking up like, what are we going to do about the pick and roll? Like, oh, yeah, season's <laughs> over. It's great. <laughs> you know, but I just remember that part, just trying to stay in front of him. And he gave me a great move. I mean, he created a lot of space. But it was just one of those moments to where, you know, he had already hit that big three um, when we, you know, pretty much probably should have lost the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit that big shot already. So I knew that he was going to want to get to his shot. and He was confident in taking it. I just wanted to make a play on it, you know, and, and I was able I was, I was able to get a little fingernail on it, make a play. All right, so let's get to social media here a little bit because you were a social media star before a lot of other NBA players were, but also people gave you nicknames on social media, most of them positive. So which of these was your favorite? And I know Tall Justice you gave yourself, but Big Shot Bosh, Boshy Bear. I'm not even sure if you were aware of all of these. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, there's there's someone who follows our network who kind of gave you that nickname, so he wanted me to ask the question. But I mean, were, were you aware of all the nicknames that were out there, and did you like them? Uh, Boshy Bear, no. Uh, you know, you know, Bosh is, is one of those names that people just like to play off of. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, and as much as I love Boshy Bear, it's really cool. I probably wouldn't go with that one. Okay. Uh, you know, the big the big shot boss one, I think, you know, and, and Tall Justice too, but, you know, Tall Justice is, I guess, more of a character. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, the big shot boss thing, you know, I, like I told you, I, I love basketball and I'm a historian and, you know, just having anything, putting big shot in it like big shot Bob, you know what I mean? That's that, that's a, that was an amazing thing. And just hearing that, I, I like that. It rolled off the tongue really nicely. That we me- made T-shirts. You made t-shirts. Yeah, that's right. You did make t-shirts. Yeah, you guys made t-shirts for a lot of different things that I remember, actually. Um, (laughs) uh, Including one we won't get into here, uh, when things were not not quite as happy a little bit later. I want to go through a couple of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Uh, But I want to go through a couple of other occasions here. Um, People have always asked about that meeting that you had with LeBron and Dwayne on South Beach, where people were stalking the meeting and it was being published on social media. Can you give any insight yeah. into what happened there? 2014, yeah. I mean, I knew it was really going to be free agency because, um, you know, I think we were just talking and, and um, nobody knew what was going on. And once, you know, once Brian kind of said, like, I, right, you know, what are we going to, you know, what are you guys going to do? What are you thinking? As soon as he said that, I, I kind of knew, like, all right, this is going to be free agency. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be more of a thing. Um, will we work out, you know, the cap space and all that stuff? Or just talk amongst ourselves because, you know, pay cuts were going to be necessary. You know, um, I think that he made it clear that 
uh, you know, the, the jumping over the salary cap was an issue. Um, we all knew that. So, you know, I was pretty much in my mind ready to, you know, take a, take a pay cut and, and move on. But um, from the conversation, and this was me just assuming, but, you know, reading between the lines, uh, I said, oh, okay, yeah, nobody really knows what they're doing. Everything's kind of up in the air. Let me go ahead and take care of my business and, 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 and you know, go through the free agency process. And, um, you know, that helped me. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that really helped me. And that's, what you know, what me and my family did. And we took that approach and it, and it worked out. All right. Rapid fire here. How close were you to leaving for Houston? Really? Very, very close. Mm-hmm. Very close. We were looking at houses in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you have to remember, like, I, nobody, there was no communication. Nothing was happening. There was like a stalemate for days. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed Houston to kind of move in and, and we were having conversations between Maury and my agent, you know, consistently, you know, with the late great uh, Henry Thomas. So, mm-hmm. you know, those things kept happening. And I'm like, well, I mean, all right. And it just kept getting. And, and right when it, you know, got to the 25th hour, uh, you know, Pat and Mickey called me. Mm-hmm. And the that was after, you know, Brian made his thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, you know, and, and I had to go ahead and, and and once that happened, I knew everything was going to fall where it's supposed to fall. So, you know, we had to get ambitious uh, with our talks even more. And, you know, it, it, things progressed pretty quickly. And, you know, we got the deal done. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move any car, boat, RV, motorcycle, or equipment anywhere you need worldwide. You have a business and need to ship freight or machinery? Call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while? Call them. These guys can ship it all, so give them a call. Here's the number, one 800 264-4644. That's 1-800-264-4644 or visit shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. Also make sure to mention five reasons on the phone. I wish, look, I wish they'd, I, they'd had this when I was going to college. This would have been great for me. I needed to get my car down from Baltimore to Florida. I ended up taking the auto train. You don't want to take the auto train. Ship your car, fly. No job too big or too small. Ship your car now moves it all. Would you guys have beaten the Cavs in uh, the 16 playoffs if you had been on the court? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I'm a competitor. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you ask me that question, I'm always say yeah. Um, that was one of my main. That's that's one of the things that I had to get over and I had to let go of as a as a person um, and as a professional because I felt at the time that you know things were being just taken away from me because this was my time to prove that I belong. Not that you know, not that I you know, not, not that I cared that what people thought, but it's like, hey man, this is a really a time to just be like, hey, I'm I'm this is where I'm supposed to be no matter what. I can redefine myself in any type of way. Now I'm coming back more of a leader, stronger with a, with a great team. I felt we had a very good chance that year just to compete, not to say that we were going to win or anything, but it would have been a great series, you know? And yes, I do think we would have won, you know, that's, that's my job to think those things, you know, and do whatever it takes to, to win the game, you know, um, and win the series. So yeah, you ask me anytime, it could be chess checkers. We beat the Cavs and checkers. Yes. Racing. Yes. Three-legged racing. Yes. Anything. Jacks, you play it. We'll be there and we're going to win. <laughs> I, I know you've been doing some work, uh, with Bam and I want to move to present day here real quick before we close. Um, and I saw a picture that justice took with you the other day. I know you have a relationship with Josh also. Um, yeah. what, what is the upside 
for for these three guys and for this group now that one last stance is over and Dwayne has moved on? I think the upside is tremendous, but it's on the players. You know, it's on the players to put the work in, to believe. You know, I mean, we, we you could have veterans coming in telling you what your potential is and all that stuff, but if they don't see it in themselves first, then it's not really going to transpire. Um, I think the tremendous, the upside is tremendous, man. They have to, but they have to do the things that it takes to win, you know, team building, um, working hard. Um, and, and that was one of the things I was kind of disappointed in with the guys is that I didn't feel that anybody was really, really taking the bull by the horns to be the new leader. Like I said, guys, who's going to, who's going to leave these? Who's going to leave when, when Dwayne is gone, you know, Dwayne's leaving guys. You know, the legend of Miami is not going to play basketball anymore. So it's going to be a new era. So who's going to lead that new era? And collectively, um, you know, there should be a spirit within the locker room, no matter how young you are, because I've been in the same situation. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things to where I hope that they take heed to that. And I hope that they really take that seriously and just listen to that and, and really, really believe in themselves and really go for it. And that's one of the things I've been telling Bam, Justice, you know, all those guys. Um, they need to, you know, they need to, they need to, they need to do it. They need to believe that because nobody else is going to believe it. You know, nobody knows the talent and upside that Bam has. He's a tremendous talent, but that's only halfway. That's only half the battle. You know, putting an extra work in is the next evolution. Talking to your team, um, getting on the same page, um, and these are things I tell the guys all the time. It's their time now, and they have a chance in Miami, um, you know, to really, really get get it back going again. All right. So follow him at Chris Bosch on Twitter and on Instagram. All the travel stuff, all the music stuff. If we had more time, I would get into some of that stuff with you. But you're always a great follow there and obviously um the next big ceremony for you is going to be the hall of fame and and i think that's that's pretty much a foregone conclusion um at this point <laughs> right i mean you're laughing but it's yes yeah. right yes yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. you know well people it's funny like people i don't know what people think of me i know i've never really you know said how confident i am but when it's oh yeah you hall of fame yeah i know oh well what? how do you know because i know <laughs> <laughs> I watch basketball. I'm a fan of the game. This is all I do. This is all I've ever done. I know, you know, I know what my contributions to the game is. And, you know, it, it, it's all good. I'm all the thing. Guys, come on. Let's not make this a big deal. Let's just <laughs> get it over. You can't blame me for being confident. But that was only through hard work and, you know, dedication. We'll see you in Springfield, Chris. We really appreciate the time. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for finding our content here on your podcast platform, but we also want you to find our content on our new website we just launched a month ago. We've got opinions, we've got news, we've got podcasts, we've got cool merchandise, we've got videos, all kinds of stuff, and unlike other outlets, it is completely free. It is 5reasonsports.com. That's F-I-V-E, you got to spell it out, F-I-V-E, Reasons Sports. We've got more than 50 contributors, more than 12 columnists. You will not get more comprehensive coverage of South Florida sports anywhere else. Thank you for listening to the Fire in the Podcast. Thank you so much. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose.
Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.